0: Good morning everybody I'm Singha Sharma I'm going to present the Hindu editorial dated 20th January 2022 This podcast is for those who do not have time to read newspaper themselves The analysis of the editorial is given on the last segment of the podcast Let's get started Happy preparation Democratize and empower city governments. The general approach towards urban empowerment, including financial capabilities, has remained piecemeal in India. This article is written by Tekinder Singh Panwar. The RBI, in a report, State Finances Study of Budgets of 2021 22, released in November 2021, wrote, with the third tier governments in India playing a frontline role in combating the pandemic by implementing containment strategies, healthcare, their finances have come under severe strain forcing them to cut down expenditures and mobilize funding from various resources. The RBI further commented that the functional autonomy of civic bodies must increase and their go- their governing structure is strengthened. This could happen by empowering them financially through higher resource availability. It is interesting that the RBI did eco the recommendations of the 15th finance commission report on local bodies that emphasize city governance structures and financial empowerments. the addition in the rbi report is from the praxis and the objective reality from during the novel coronavirus pandemic which continues even now however there is only partial truth in the report the emphasis is on resource availability but how this will happen is not highlighted At the most, it speaks only about generating more resources at the local level. The essence. While correctly identifying the role of the city city governments in meeting the challenges the pandemic has thrown up, the report also points to the draining of resources. An RBI survey of 221 municipal corporations revealed that more than 70% saw a decline in revenues. In contrast, their expenditure rose by almost 71.2%. The RBI report also highlights the limited coverage of property tax and its failure in shoring up municipal corporation revenues. Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development data show that India has the lowest property tax collection rate in the world, that is, property tax to GDP ratio. But this explains only one part of the story. An old problem continues. During the pandemic, while leaders from the Prime Minister to Chief Minister to District Magistrate were seen taking a call on disaster mitigation strategies, city mayors were found missing. Why? Because under the Disaster Management Plan of Actions, cities are at the forefront to fight the pandemic. However, the elected leadership finds no place in them. It is not just in disaster mitigation, the old approach of treating cities as adjuncts of state governments continues to dominate the policy paradigm. The general approach towards urban empowerment has remained piecemeal in India. Urban development is a state subject which is more likely to political and democratic movements in the state. The first intervention to understand the urban, Though there are references in the five-year plans and plan with a pan-Indian vision to place in the 1980s, where the National Commission on Urbanization was formed with the Charles Correa as its chairperson. Another important intervention was in the first half of the 1990s, with the constituted 73rd and 74th amendments. The latter refers to urban reforms, empowering urban local bodies to perform 18 functions listed in the 12th schedule. But this was also the period of neoliberal reforms, so the generation of own resources and the slow withdrawal of the state could be witnessed. Though the democratic transfer of 18 subjects was an important element and necessary, there was, however, no mention of financial empowerment. It was linked more to the idea of competitive cities to attract investments in the urban centres by making their structures and land laws flexible. We now know that not much investment has happened and cities have not really been able to enhance their financial capabilities. The only exception to the role has been the people's plan model of Kerala, where 40% of the state's plan budget was for local bodies, directly with the transfer of important subjects such as planning, etc. This paved the way for a new dimension to urban governance. Functional Autonomy The RBI report has been right in highlighting that functional autonomy of city governments must be allowed. But this should happen with three Fs. The transfer of functions, finances, and functionaries to city governments. Without these, functional autonomy would be empty rhetoric. There are nearly 5,000 statutory towns and an equal number of census towns in India. Nearly 35% of our population lives in urban centers, and nearly two-thirds of the country's GDP stems from cities, and almost 90% of government revenues flows from urban centers. Before value-added tax and other centralized taxation systems, one of the major earnings of cities used to be from octroi. In fact, Pimpri, Chinchwad and Pune are examples of two very high-revenue-earning municipalities depending on octroi as both cities have a strong base of industrial production, but this source of revenue collection was taken away by the state and central governments. Instead, finance commissions recommended grants to urban local bodies based on the formula of demographic profile. Second, cities should not be considered as entrepreneurship spaces where the sole driving force is to make them competitive to attract investments. We have seen how fallacious this argument is. They must be considered as spaces for planned development by giving adequate attention to resources. Our cities are hardly prepared for the impact of climate change, nor do they have adaptive strategies. The resources required for quantitative and qualitative data must be immediately provided to the cities to ensure a disaster risk reduction plan, keeping vulnerable communities in mind nothing smart. Fourth, a piecemeal approach such as the concept of smart cities must be shunned altogether. This approach further widens the gap between different sets of people. Rather, the grants from the centre must be enhanced and cities asked to draw up their plans themselves based on priority seeking from city residents. Cities are people, as they say, and people must be a part of the decision-making processes. Fifth, leadership in the cities must be elected for a term of five years. In some cities, the term of the mayor is for a year. Likewise, the third F is the functionaries must be transferred to the cities with a permanent cadre. Thus, in this exercise by the RBI, the good part is that there has been at least a mention of cities, and local bodies as important centers of governance.